We're glad you're here with us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We pray God's word speaks to your heart today as Pastor Chapman Laxton shares the word with us. Tonight, we are continuing our Faith 2 series, uh, and I'm pretty excited um, about tonight, and I pray that what you've been seeing as we've been doing this series and as we've been going through it is that you are seeing the hand of God stirring this word up in us, especially as we look to what the scriptures say. Um, Take a look at me here at Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Um, Our mission as pastors and preachers here at CMC is that we would help in the facilitation of what this scripture says. See, we are spurring one another on. That's what we do when we gather together. We spur one another on, and and we're spurred on, and that spurs other people on, and then whenever the other people are spurred on, then they're spurred on, and and on and on the spurring goes, and everybody gets spurred on. You know, but but what are we spurring each other on to? Well, we look back at what the scripture says. The first is is love. And and if you want to know what love is, and you want me to show you, you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and look through verses 4 through 7, and, and it talks about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Whenever we're spurring one another on to love, what we're talking about is the the true definition of love. True definitions of what love. Not how the world teaches what love is or the concepts of what love is, but but true love that's found in the Word and and found in the Lord. And, and And then we're spurring one another on to good deeds. If you want to know what good deeds are, those are things that you do that are good. Good deeds, not bad deeds. That one's, that one's pretty easy. But, but good deeds, we're, so, so, so as we boil that down, what we're spurring one another on in our faith in is, is action. Is love, love is an action, love is all these things, but it, it's action and good deeds. We're spurring each other on and encouraging one another on as we gather together and we worship together and we listen to the word together and we meditate on what it says together. What we're doing is we are actively participating and engaging in the process of growing our faith. And so as we're, as we're talking tonight, we don't want to give up on, on what this word says. See, as we grow and we mature in the Lord and in the Word and our faith grows, we'll see our, our faith become active in our lives. And, and it's those that, that neglect this process that they start to see that inability creep in to be a doer of the Word. And that's why we have so many people, so many Christians who have their, their faith come in as loud as a lion but whenever trouble strikes, whenever the enemy comes, whenever it, their faith leaves them as meek as a lamb. We're, we're wanting faith that's not only appears to be strong and we can wear the t-shirts and we can post the things and we can share the whatevers, but we want faith that's going to be strong and mighty when we need it to be a refuge. See, that, that's what God intended for us whenever he had this whole new covenant idea. Okay, That's what God was wanting. See, uh, and, it, and it's the maturing of our faith that is made possible through the Word. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 
5, 23 through 24 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. See, it's this singular purpose that we are gearing our sermons up this year towards the righteous shall live by faith. We're, faith's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a huge component in what we're saying. And, and, and we're not just trying to get pumped up just to get pumped up. We're not just trying just to grow, like just to grow, because growing just to grow is the idea of a, of a cancer cell. Just uncontrolled growth, and we're just getting all this. No, no, we have a singular purpose and a directive for what we're trying to mature in and what we're trying to grow in, and it's aimed at the maturing of ourselves so that we can fulfill our job in the body of Christ as we meet together, as we gather together our faith becomes active and we're stirred and our faith becomes more active and we're stirred and we're corrected and we're shown and we're revealed to things. And as we get a bigger faith, our picture of who God is grows. And it's in that point that whenever the picture of God grows, all of a sudden we start seeing that it's not God wanting us to wait on him to do, he's waiting on us to do and play our part. James 1.22 through 25 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed for what they do. See, the reason we don't fulfill this scripture is because in reality, it, it's, it's just, it's tough work. It's tough work being up and being at them. And so that's why t tonight my message is called Faith to Get Out of the Chair. Okay? And, and don't laugh at me too much. I didn't intentionally mean to match my chair with my shirt. I brought this up here, and I was like, oh, hey, there's a shirt I haven't worn yet. And I put this one on, and I didn't even think. Um, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. We, we, think, we think that as Christians, the whole point of us getting saved is so that we can work ourselves into a position where we can just do this right here. Oh, man, that's great. <sighs> Maybe even kick our feet up with our... This is, this, is what we, this is what we want our faith to be like. And, and we want to get to a place where we want to serve like this, where we, where we want to teach like this. Hey, go, go, go do that. Go do what the Lord says, yeah. We, and and, and then, then we get to that place where, where we're, we, we've, we feel like, okay, we've got everything, we, we've got here, we've got, we've got the chair now, we're good. And then, man, nothing's getting done like how I want it getting done. Man, what, what? I mean, I've got to the place. I mean, I've, I've reached a point in my spirituality and my maturity where now I've arrived, I'm here, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in the chair. And then we get to that point where we start getting frustrated, getting frustrated, and then we all make that sound that people make when they don't really want to get out of a chair, but they... 
well, I, I guess I'll take care of it. And everyone's around you is kind of like, well, gee, we're real glad you're here. We're, we're real glad you showed up. Now everything's going to get real better. But, 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 why, but, but, but while we're up, the whole time that we're up, the whole time what we're thinking about it isn't what we're doing or who we're serving. The whole time, oh, if I can just get back to where God's called me, where God's called me to be. It's tough work. It's tough work to get out of the chair. It's tough work. See, we want to armchair quarterback everything and, and tell God this is how things ought to be and this is how, where things ought to go and this is what everything ought to be doing whenever it's God's the one who's supposed to be in the throne. Whenever it's God is the one who's on the throne. God's not looking to have a conversation with you as, as his servant. Hey, God, what do you, hey, let's, uh, let, hey, God, you really need to get, you see what they're doing? We need to start making some things happen. That's, that's not what God intended whenever he put his son on the cross, the blood that we're pleading to come into your life and effectively, that's not the, James 3, 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Let me give you a big idea. Y'all ready for a big idea? And this might hurt some feelings, but some, a big idea here. If you're not making a way for the Lord, you're in the way of the Lord. If you're not making a way for the Lord, you're in the way of the Lord. That might be you're in the way of the Lord for you. Maybe you're in the way of the Lord in your own life because, boy, you just want to serve God from a horizontal angle. If I can just... Or maybe you're in the way of the Lord in someone else's life and he's trying to get you to get up out of the chair... But all your thoughts are just, faith to get out of the chair. You are the problem. You're in the way. Let me tell you something about the word are. Are is kind of like a, like a equal sign. <laughs> and it's connecting two things. You and the problem. And ours in the middle. You are the problem. Mel taught on that if you want to go back. She did a little bit more with me. You're the problem. And, and, and I get it. What, what distracts us is we're, we're longing to get back into the chair, but, but you're forgetting that God has paid a price for you and he's cleansed you and, and you forgot that your role is supposed to be the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5, real quick, because got, i got some really good points that are just going to knock you guys out of your chairs, but i got to teach you some word here real quick. You won't get it. Ephesians 5, verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as the radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's who you are. That's what God's blood did. 
That's your new identity. That's your role. You're, the, you're to be the bride of Christ, to be a part of the church. Okay, but what is all that? What, what am I supposed to do with that? What, is, what does the wife of Christ do? Proverbs 31 talks about a righteous woman. And verses, you can start reading in 10, and uh, in Proverbs 31, verse 10, it talks about a wife of noble character who can find, and uh, it, it goes on, and all these things that she does. She does all, a lot of these things. There's a lot of things that she does, and it's, it's all, you know, she, she's working, and she's doing this, and she's helping people, and she's extending her arms to the poor, and she's, but there's one really important thing that she doesn't do. Verse 27, Proverbs 31, verse 27, this is what the righteous woman does, and I want to parallel this to, the, to this being the bride of Christ. She watches over the affairs of her household, and she does not eat the bread of of idleness. Other scriptures say she does not partake of the bread of idleness. I'm not up here to preach on the, the sins of bread, okay? I'm not up here trying to get you to throw out all your bread, all right? I'd be hypocritical if I was. But I want you to think for just a moment about what the bread of idleness is representing. It's taking the place in your meal of the more nutritional, the more powerful, the, the stuff that, that could give you more sustenance, the, the meat, boy, we're just filling ourselves up with idleness. Well, we're just, I ain't even got time, because I'm just, part, oh man, let me just get right here, let me just stuff my face full of idleness. And that's what, that's what I want to talk about tonight. Faith to get out of the chair is to remove ourself, remove our hand out of the plate of the bread of idleness. It, it, only us, only you, can prevent yourself from getting caught in this chair. And, and what I want you to see tonight is that the chair it isn't really a chair, Okay? It's a representation of positions of heart. And tonight, I'm going to talk about three forms of idleness that, that come into your life through the positions of your heart. And, and this chair will transform into some different platforms tonight. Okay? So y'all ready? Okay, the first, the first form of idleness, the first chair, is just downright, it's laziness. It's just laziness. Laziness. And it's a fine line between the necessity for rest and the excessive engagement of just being lazy. It's a fine line. It's a fine line. And that's where laziness stalks its victims. Laziness is stalking you to trap you in, in just, oh, I need to rest. Boy, laziness is waiting. And, and what I want you to see is that the chair there becomes a deathbed. The chair becomes a deathbed. Because what you start feeding yourself is, boy, this feels good. Boy, working don't really sound too good. This heat is oppressive. I know I've got work to do. I know I've got fence to build. I know all those cows are outside running on the highway. But boy... 
Air conditioning's nice. Laziness, laziness, laziness. And, and the reason why we get trapped into the chair of laziness and then stuck feeding our flesh is really because we get suckered into an age-old thing, and it's, and it's this. I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll just, I'll just do that tomorrow. Has there ever been a day invented that's got more promise than, than, than a tomorrow? You know, the sun will come out tomorrow. There was a little orphan that sang about that. That There's a lot of hope and dreams, and, and, and we put a lot of faith in our tomorrows, don't we? But I, I just don't ever remember us being promised another tomorrow. I just don't remember that. I, I don't remember us ever being told well, don't, yeah, you just have all the time in the world. Take as much time as you want. There, there needs to be a sense of urgency. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring. Tomorrow will be better. It may be worse. I'll have all the time in the world tomorrow. You probably won't. I'll feel, <laughs> this is a really good one, I'll feel like doing that tomorrow. <laughs> Quit believing. You're looking at tomorrow as a promise, and tomorrow is not a promise. Tomorrow is a politician. Tomorrow is not a promise. Tomorrow is a politician. And it's stealing from you left and right, making empty guarantees about what it'll do for you. You can put your vote, you can put your trust. Y'all with me? Proverbs 24, 30. I went past the field of the sluggard. Just an ugly word to be called a sluggard. <laughs> past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds. Don't go look at my yard. And the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and I learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. A wise saying says a fool and his money is soon parted. You're foolish to put all your money in the, in the promise of tomorrow. Tomorrow is a politician that guarantees everything without the backing of anything. Don't let laziness put you in a deathbed. All right, first chair. You ready for second chair? Second chair. The second chair is apathy. The second chair is apathy. And apathy, apathy is really just outsourced entitlement. Write that down. Apathy is just outsourced entitlement. The definition of apathy is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. And entitlement is the fact of having a right to something. People get apathetic about things that they believe, that's mine no matter what. I've earned that. And we get sucked into idleness through apathy 
And this chair transforms again. And what it becomes is a throne. I don't have to do that. I've earned. I don't have, I don't have to do nothing. Do you know who I am? Do you, do you know where I serve at? Do, do you know what I've been called to? Why would you even ask me to pick that up? Do, you must have confused me for, for some of the help. And what we do is we build ourselves a throne through entitlement because of our past works. See, really what happens is we start operating off of yesterday's manna. Yesterday's manna. Exodus 16 verses 15 through 20. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses told them, No one is to keep any of it until tomorrow or until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And Moses was very angry with them. See, what we try to do, again, because it's the position of our heart, I'm going to do, it sounds really good. Out of the bread of idleness comes in, it sounds really good. I'll just do a whole bunch of work today, so I want to do it tomorrow. And when you try to live your life like that, when it comes to your faith in God and your faith in the word and your faith in what God's saying, God's trying to say, I want a daily relationship with you. And you're like, God, I went to church on Sunday. This is Thursday. <laughs> God, I was just at church last night. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm too busy. God, God, don't you know what I've done? I'll just keep this, this thing, that I, this thing I did five years ago, and I'll tote this around. Look what God did. And all the while, man, I just really feel distant from God. Boy, my life stinks. That's because you're just carrying on this thing that's full of maggots and worms. When God's asked you to daily come, to daily receive, to daily take part in the process of growing your faith. But you've built a throne off of your past accomplishments. See, I, I, had, I had Jill help me with this today. I think you guys are going to really like it. What we do is we try to compare our work to God's work, and we go, eh, close enough. What God commanded and what I heard is close enough. So, so here's God's work. He, he's, he created the horse, and, and man, look at it. I mean, it's just, it's got four legs and everything, all the bells and whistles, one horsepower. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. One, one horsepower. And everything as God made it to be, lungs, a heart, eyes, ears, boy, there's a horse. That's what God did. And our best effort to replicate it, to build us a throne so we ain't got to do nothing, here's our work compared to God's work. 
And here's what we do with that. We go, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Look at him. It's like looking in a mirror. Four legs, a head. I even got the sun. I, I even had, God, look, I even had time to put the sun in there. That's what it looks like when we try to build a throne comparable to, to, to make, let us be, let me be idle. God, God, you rested after you created the whole world? You rested? Should not I? Made in your image? To also get to rest? And what, what you don't realize is you're trying to converse with God as his equal. And you forget your role through the blood was to be his bride. Why are you partaking of idleness? Why are you acting like you've completed everything? It's not even close. Put that, put, put that goofy horse up there one more time. It's not even close. It's a joke. And what you're carrying around is gross. Can I just relieve you some pressure? There's fresh and there's new, okay? Don't let yourself get put into and quit trying to reinvent things to celebrate yourself for. This society, man, we just, well, I've got all my kids and they're alive. I've just kept doing a great job and they're, look at what I've done and I'm a great dad. I can just go ahead and sit down whenever I get home and Hannah, take care of me and dinner ought to be waiting. Yeah. Well, we, oh, well, well look, look, what, look what I did. I, I came home and, and, and this guy cut me off and I, I was coming home and this guy cut me off and I only cussed him out a little bit. Boy, great job. Stop acting like you've arrived. Stop acting like you've accomplished everything. Stop acting like you don't still have a part to play. And quit inventing things that, so that you have something to celebrate about yourself. Just stop it. Just stop doing that, okay? You're building a throne, all right? And the last, the last thing, the last, the last way that the idleness tries to come in, the third chair is incorrect principles. And it's not principles like, not only is a principle, but principle like P-L-E-S. <laughs> principles. See, either, either by tradition, so something that you learned growing up as a kid, wrong teaching, either from some pastor on the other side of the planet that you thought you'd listen to, that you had no relationship to, didn't have any clue who he was, or just an unwise dividing of the truth. You have sat yourself in a teaching that is in opposition to what the Word teaches. See, and, and once again, th this chair transforms, and what it becomes it is a porta potty. See, it transforms again. And you seat yourself in this substitute. And you try to use it to shelter yourself, and you try to make it be something that it was never intended to be. Incorrect principles. And well, let's hear. 
Matthew 23, verses 25 to 28. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, then the outside will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. See, here's what you do. You do the things that you should not do, and you don't do the things that you should do. You've got your processes reversed. And unlike at least with the last point where you were building on something positive that was good, you're just stacking porta potty on top of another porta potty. On t- and you're just spreading that stink everywhere you go. It's gross. It, it, it's not right. It's not clean. See, You have to allow yourself to be corrected by the word. See, I can't tell you how many times I I thought I had something right. I really did. Good intention. Good heart. At least I thought it was. And and Pastor Ormel had to pull me aside and go, hey, everything that you did, I would have done the opposite. (laughs) And in in that moment, you have a choice. I can either go and, I'm not leaving. I'm going to die on this hill. I'll shut the door to my porta potty, and you can't hurt me in here. Or, or, okay, I'm I'm going to take some time and do what it says in 2 Timothy 2.15, I'm going to try to present myself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly divides the word of truth. Or or like this this says, correctly handles the truth. See, somewhere, I I didn't get that right in how I was reading that. Hey, look, you just had it wrong. Let's let's fix it. I can show you where you fit. Well, now I don't think like that. Boy, thanks, that would make me look silly. But see, it's the people, it's the Christians, it's the ones who, when either through an elder or through a sermon or through them reading the word, they hear something that is contrary to how they feel or what they think or what they believe, and they go, I'm perfectly comfortable right here. Idleness. I'm just going to stay right here. I know what that Bible says, but let me tell you what I think. I hear it from Christians all the time. Well, I know what they say down there at that church, but let me tell you. Oh, hold on. What? What? It's just, listen, there's a little saying from my granddad used to say. Just because it spreads like butter don't mean you should use it like butter. Just be real careful. Just because it, it's real easy and you can spread it, boy, don't. It's not butter. Now, that's, that's, that's real vile. 
But, but I want you to get something. That, that's exactly what it's like when you try to live your life on incorrect principles. You're, you're just, it, it's just not right. It's just not right. And, and not because I say it's not right. Go and rightly divide the word. Okay, you and I have a disagreement. Let, let's go to the word together on it and let's... Because at the end of the day, what are we trying to accomplish? We're wanting to get together and spur one another on. If I'm wrong, well, spur me back on to doing right. If you're wrong, please, come on. Let's do this thing together. See, that's what we're trying to do. Seek out the wisdom. Seek out the truth. I've got to say say one thing before I close, and it's this. Point blank. Let Let me speak very clear and plainly. And this, this is a price of your salvation that maybe you've not thought about before. To take refuge in worldly things costs your relationship with God. Okay? To take refuge in godly things costs you your relationship with the world. There are some things, there are some people, there are some music, there's some, music, there's some stuff... It's just going to cost you if you really want to take refuge and be protected and be guarded by the, the, the Lord. If you want to take refuge in the world, just, just let me tell you, it's going to cost you some godly people, some godly teaching, because it's not ever going to agree with you. It's going to cost you relationship with the Holy Spirit because you're going, nope, nope, nope. It's going to cost you. Your, your, your refuge is going to cost you. You've got a choice. So, here, so as I'm closing, let, let me say this. You, you can have principles. You can have, you can have ideas. You can have thoughts about things. But if your principles that you are using to limit yourself don't facilitate Success in some capacity, you don't have principles. You have a slower form of suicide. If your principles limit you and they don't facilitate success in any area of your life, you do not have principles. You have a slower form of suicide, and it's killing you slowly. And it's a different form of cyanide that you are lifting up to your lips and you are taking part of, expecting a refreshing relationship with God, and you will never get satisfaction from what you're drinking because it's not what its intended purpose was for you when the enemy laid it out. So, that's a good way to end, Anderson. In closing, let me say this. In order for us to be doers of the word and thus continually grow in our faith, because that's the only way we grow our faith is to be doers, we cannot sit idly by and wait for God to do something when the Holy Spirit is standing right next to us in our chair going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, uh, oh, are you waiting on me? Yes. God sent his son over 2,000 years ago. And it wasn't much longer after that the Holy Spirit was here. So unless you was with the upper room or in the upper room with the disciples, waiting on the Holy Spirit to drop, 
And there ain't no more waiting. It's already come. The fire's already come. Now, there's going to be more outpourings and blah, 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 blah. But, but what I want you to hear is that the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, get up. Stop partaking as the bride of Christ of the bread of idleness. Stop chewing on that. I got more stuff for you to give you more nutrition so you've got energy to get up and do the work. So that you can do the work. So in order for us to get our rears out of the chair, it takes faith. Faith to pursue self-awareness, not self-obsession. Faith to be mindful, not apathetic. The faith to be correctable and not stiff-necked. And remember, if you're not making a way for the Lord, you're in the way of the Lord. Okay? And by doing these things and listening to the word, we can see our faith grow. We can get up out of the chair and we'll see ourselves be taken to a place with God as we advance the kingdom. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.